Welcome to our community. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Don Butera. Hey guys, how you doing? Everybody good? Yeah, I'll tell you. Uh, yeah, a couple of things. I just want to kind of follow up on something that David said. Uh, I got a sneak peek at the uh, at the the Christmas Eve video. I'm actually going to add this. I'm going to actually add it to uh, to my like Christmas list. I mean, it's so good. And I don't. I I have never said this before ever. This is an absolute must watch. That's how good it was. I am so happy and proud. We laughed so hard, my wife and I, when we watched it. It was just so funny. And so, like, you know how you watch, uh, you know, Charlie Brown Christmas every year? I don't know. I do. Uh, we're going to add this to our list, and we will be watching this every year. That's how good it is. So I really encourage you to check it out. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then, sorry that you're, if you haven't signed up for the Christmas thing, it's already full. Uh, David didn't mention, but I will say that um, one of the things that we're doing is Every week, starting in January, on Monday, we will put the link out for the, for the registration for the gathering that coming Sunday. And I know there are some people that already know when and how and boom, boom, boom. So if you want to come, that's what it's going to do. And hopefully we continue to grow in our ability to have you come within all the proper protocols and all that stuff. Okay? All right. Great. Um, I'm excited to share a word with you today. Now, the Bible is very clear. The Bible says that your teachers are supposed to share everything they've learned with you. And uh, this past week, I learned a new joke. And so I, I feel like I, by, through the Word of God, I must tell you this joke because it's, it's what I'm, you know, that's what we're supposed to do, right? So I thought it was a funny joke. And um, wow, you're that cold. Are you that cold over there? Okay. <laughs> um, so uh, this, this, these, these guys were getting ready to play golf, and uh, they were in the locker room, you know, they were getting dressed and everything like that, and there was a phone on the bench, and all of a sudden the phone rings, you know, and everybody kind of looks around, and so the guy answers the phone, and he says, uh, he says hello, dear, and, and uh, this is your wife, oh, hi, honey, how are you, you know, and she, he says, what can I do for you, what's up? He goes, because I'm getting ready to play golf, he says, she said, well, I was in the store, you know, just a little while ago, and I saw a dress that was worth like 2,000 U.S., 2,000 U.S. dollars, you know, and, and I bought it. And he's like, oh, that's okay, honey. Is if it makes you happy, I'm glad that you bought that dress. That's no problem. And, she, and he says, well, I'm not, she said, and so on my way home, she said, I, I stopped at the car dealership, and I saw this car for about 100,000 U.S., and he said, well, he said, if you're going to buy that, it's okay, but make sure you get everything. I don't want like paying 100000 and getting not all the options. Make sure you get all the options. If it's a little more than that, no problem. And then she said, and then I'm online and I'm looking and I see this, uh, I see this house and it's, it's for sale for $1 million U.S., and he said, well, listen, offer 800000 because, you know, come on, we probably can get it for 800000 But if they don't take it and you really want it, it's okay. You can, you can get it. And, um, and she goes, oh, well, thank you, dear. He goes, yeah, no problem. She said, have, have a good golf game. And he said, I will. And he hangs up the phone. And, of course, by then, everyone in the locker room is, like, looking at this guy, you know. And he, he looks around and he looks at everybody and says, by the way, does anybody know whose phone that is? <laughs> Never mind. Never <laughs> mind. So anyways, yes, I know, you've got to put up with me. Uh, 
You know, when I was, when I was uh, younger, and, and I want to talk about uh, uh, seeing people through the eyes of faith. Uh, you know, every year we, we, we read the, the, the Christmas story, and I read it, and I saw something just amazing, and I want to share that with you this morning. And maybe because, partly it's because, uh, in a sense, I experienced a lot of that growing up. You know, I was uh, like... In America, when you go from 6th to 7th grade, at least when I was there, when you go from 6th grade to 7th grade, it's a whole brand new school. It's a much bigger school. And they start kind of, it, they, even they restructure everything. And, and so it's all brand new. And when I was growing up, they had levels. And so they had the top three levels, and then they had the bottom four levels, you know. And I was not in the top three levels. I was in one of the bottom four. And... Um, and when I went to school, I, I had this teacher. I won't say his name, but I still remember his name. And the first day, I did not get along with this guy at all. Him and I, I don't know what it was. Maybe the new school, maybe everything. And at that point, I was what? Only what? Maybe what? That would be, I was maybe 11 years old. And he so upset me that I actually ran out of school. And being that I was actually in quite good shape, I used to play a lot of sports, I ran for a long time. I ran away. I ran away. I didn't go back home. I ran away. Nobody knew where I was. I ran away. And finally, they finally found me and, and, and brought me back. And, you know, of course, you have the big discussions with everyone. And I met, I was with the, what they, they had this, one of the principals of the school. And he said to me, he goes, he goes Donald, you know what? I, I just, he goes, I see something in you. I'm going to take a chance. And he said, instead of putting you down lower, I'm going to actually put you up in the upper levels of, of learning. And actually, it was so significant that actually from that time on, I was always in the higher level of learning. And he saw something in me that I didn't see in me. I was in trouble. I was having all kinds of problems. But he saw something different in me. And that happened several times throughout my life. I, I went for a job, my first job interview. I went, and I didn't have the best of grades or anything. And this, I remember, I'll never forget, this guy who hired me, which I never worked for, he said, I see something in you, and I'm going to take a chance, and I'm going I'm to hire you. And because of that, I got my first job. In the, in the Word, in Luke chapter 1, this is kind of, a lot of times we don't really grasp what is happening during the time of Jesus' birth. And so it's in Luke chapter 1. I want to read out of verse uh, 39. It says, A few days later, this is after Mary is, is already pregnant. And she's kind of told, I'm sure her family knows, and I'm sure that uh, Joseph, her fiancé, knows. And it says, a few days later, Mary hurried to the hillside country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and was greeted by uh, Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leapt within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. A lot of times you hear, and I do believe that, that John, this was John the Baptist was in the womb at the time. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. But here you see it. Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so Elizabeth gave a, a, a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why uh, am I so honored that the mother of my Lord uh, should visit me? When I heard your greeting, 
The baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he has said. Now, when we read this, because we know the rest of the story and we're not really in the story, a lot of times, and, and, and also one more thing, we hear all the, the, the beautiful things, you know, like uh, I just saw her on Facebook. I thought it was quite interesting. Uh, it probably was a mother that said this. Oh, no, you know, a mother was writing this, and she said, she said, after Joseph seeing Mary, you know, travel all this way and, and give birth in a manger, he thought it was a good idea for her to hear a drum solo. Now, if you know the story of the little drummer boy, you know, and not that this actually happened, but, you know, we hear all, oh, come, you know, and here's the drummer boy, and everybody's like, oh, woo, ah, you know. But let's be honest. This was not an easy thing. Back then, if you were uh, uh, pregnant out of wedlock, can you imagine the shame of the community that you would be dealing with? I mean, you know, coming home to your parents, oh, by the way, I'm pregnant and I didn't do anything wrong. Come on. How many would actually believe that line? And so you can understand why Mary was actually probably quite uh, relieved to leave her town and to go to another town. It was probably a good thing because she was probably walking through the streets and everybody... Oh, never mind. Nobody gossips, right? So you guys would have never had that happen if someone comes into the room here and says to us, hey, by the way, I'm pregnant and I didn't do anything wrong. I'm sure all of you would just go, oh, the Holy Spirit. Ah. Right? I mean, even if it was absolutely true, how many people actually would believe that? Parents, you're asking your parents to believe that. You're asking your fiancé to believe that. This was probably a very, very shameful time for Mary. And then she goes to another town, and she meets Elizabeth, right? Now, Elizabeth, let's, let's, let's think about this. Elizabeth, she was pregnant with John. How long did it take Elizabeth to get pregnant? Matter of fact, she never thought she would. She was older, and she was probably past her time to get pregnant. And so think about it. Now, come on. Come on. You know haters. You know how people are. I waited and prayed for so many years for this to happen, and you're telling me it happened and you didn't do anything? That's a response sometimes. You know how we see someone get blessed? And we've been praying for that very blessing, and they don't seem to have done anything? I remember I had a friend of mine, man, he used to drive me crazy. I was out there knocking on doors trying to get jobs, and he's just sitting there. He gets a phone call. Someone calls him, offers him a job. I'm like, what? God, what are you doing? But Elizabeth doesn't react that way, right? Well, the first thing you can see that the reason why she doesn't react that way is because she's filled with the Holy Spirit. And when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we begin, hopefully, to see things through the eyes of God, through the eyes of faith. We see a different thing in people. Now, we're talking about Mary, and Mary, in a sense, didn't do anything wrong. This was a chosen thing, and that's a wonderful thing. But this can work for those who have made a lot of mistakes as well. When you're looking at them, 
through the eyes of faith, empowered by the Holy Spirit, I believe you'll see something completely different than you will when you're looking at them just through, oh, well, yeah, you know, of course, you deserve it. Honestly, come on, how many times have you done that? Where you've watched someone cheat or someone do something wrong, and then, you know, like, and, and, and yet they're blessed, and then finally something goes wrong with them. Oh, God, thank you, Jesus. You, what you sow, you shall reap, you know. And Lord, we're just so thankful that, God, now you have shown yourself strong. Come on. Even if we don't say it with our mouths in our heart, we're thinking it, right? Mary doesn't do that at all. Mary sees this whole thing completely different. And oh, by the way, can you imagine how, in a sense, fragile Mary was at that point? She was a young girl. God put this huge thing upon her. And so she's probably in this fragile state. She has been getting beat up by her, her friends and neighbors because they don't believe what she has said, which is very understandable. And so she's in a fragile state. How many times have you met someone who has been struggling, they've done something wrong, or they're in a difficult time, or they're going through a difficult time, and they're in a fragile state? How do you respond to them? I love the way Elizabeth responds to her. The first thing she sees when she's looking through the eyes of faith, she looks at Mary and she goes, God is blessing you! That's the first thought she has. God is blessing you. Now, I don't know about you when, when this whole COVID junk happened, this whole COVID stuff, you know? The first thing I didn't say, I wasn't the first thing I said to myself, God is blessing me. Oh, God is blessing you. But I must admit, over time, I have seen some things that God is doing. You ever hear that expression, the, the silver lining in the cloud? You know, the, there's, God has things. And when you can start seeing through the eyes of faith, when you can start looking at people through the eyes of faith, you'll begin to see the blessing that God is doing, even if they've done something wrong. And you won't have that, mm, sombong, you know. Yeah, you're in a tough time because if you would do the right things, then the right things would happen. And the finger comes out, you know. Right? But Elizabeth, God is blessing you. And then your child is blessed. Now, I'm going to be straight with you. Accidents make people you're not catching that, but that's okay. Sometimes the young people, accidents make people. Right? Now, not in this case, God. But if we meet a woman in a fragile state, maybe she's done something that she shouldn't have done, but, you know, it's too late. Now she's in a fragile state. Can we say... That child is a blessing? Of course we can. How much better are words when we're talking to someone who has done something wrong and we're able to see what God can do through it and we start encouraging them through it rather than uh, correct them all the time. I just think that's a beautiful thing 
that, that Elizabeth did in the eyes of faith. And then she actually says this, I am honored to watch what God is doing in your life. I am honored to watch what God is doing in your life. Yes, of course, she's Mary, the mother of God. But can't we be honored to watch what God is doing in someone's life when something is a struggle, when something has gone wrong, when someone who is trying to correct the things that they've done wrong, can't we be honored to watch that? Can't we say to them, I'm honored to watch what God will do in this situation? This takes eyes of faith. And I just think this is amazing how Elizabeth is seeing. And then finally she says, you're blessed. Like she sees not just the future, but she sees right in the middle of it all that God is blessing everything. We say this often. God turns a curse into a blessing, right? It's biblical. We say it all the time. God turns a curse into a blessing. Then why can't we see it like at that time? Why can't we look at a curse and see the blessing? Only through the power of the Holy Spirit and the eyes of faith can we do this. And man, I have a feeling when Mary, after she had left all this neighborhood shame that she was probably dealing with when she was in her hometown and went somewhere else. How refreshing it must have been when she walked into that house and instead of hearing, what? Huh? How? Why? I have trouble believing that. She hears, blessed, I'm honored, I see. Wow, look what God is doing how her spirit must have been so encouraged and how we have this opportunity when we're dealing with someone who is in a difficult situation, whether they've done something wrong or even they've, they haven't done anything and they're just in a difficult spot because we all have gotten there at times, yeah? Amen? And then look at, look at, look at the response of Mary in this situation. She responds. And actually, how does she respond? Uh, the Bible calls it a song. It's, they call it Mary's song. She responds in singing. There is something powerful. This is why I'm so happy we're here. Because, you know, before we, we, before we went live on, online, you know, when you walked into the room... Everything changed. And we were just, I was just getting connected with God. There's, a, there's something spiritual about worship and about worshiping together that just uplifts me and, and builds me up. And I am just, I feel like when I'm done, I can run through a troop and I can leap over a wall. You know, I, 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 you know it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. You know, all these things come to my mind. And that's what Mary does. She Instead of her after answering all the why questions to the person in front of her, she receives this kind of encouragement and receives this and it, it lifts her up and she begins to sing and she begins to sing something incredible. And I just want to walk through that uh, 
that, that different thoughts. And I, instead of reading the whole thing, I just want to walk through it section by section. The first thing she says is, it says, Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. My, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. I'm telling you, I believe that when she received this, instead of thinking about all the shame that she was dealing with, with all the people who had been questioning what was going on, with all the reasons she had to give, come on, she's saying, I saw an angel and he told me that I would be you know, pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Let's be honest. Has anybody ever tried that line on you? And how would you respond? Especially if you were her fiancé. And yet, because she gets such joy, she's able to take her eyes off all the questioning, all the, all the shame, and her eyes all of a sudden go up to the Lord, and she begins to say, oh, hallelujah, my soul praises the Lord. She lets her soul and spirit rejoice. I'm giving you a remedy. I'm giving you, a, you know, you want these step-by-step things? I'll give you one right now. When you're in trouble, when you're in a difficult situation, you need to let your soul rejoice. I'm going to talk about this uh, in a, in maybe next week. I, 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 maybe next week or the week after. I can't remember. But we, we, when we were away on our spiritual staycation, this was a real prophetic word. And so I don't mind repeating it if I say it this week and I say it again in a couple of weeks. Um, it says... He, we were talking about, and, 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 and the one who was prophesying said, remember how it says that God prepares a table before us in the presence of my enemies? We have a tendency to want to cast out all the demons first, and then we can eat at the table. But God, and what's even more powerful, is when we eat at the banquet feast right in front of our enemies. That's what happens when we begin to rejoice, when we let our souls rejoice in the midst of problems. I can't, I can't say it the way, I remember uh, uh, Rachel saying this, how she learned uh, the, oh, the, the sacrifices of praise in the midst of, of difficulties are so precious and so powerful. Let your souls rejoice. And I've been told I can't jump off this and start getting close to you or I break all protocol. But let me tell you right now, I am jumping off this thing and I am running over to you and I say, just let your souls rejoice. Just let your souls rejoice. There's not enough rejoicing in the world. Let your souls rejoice. I believe to the point at which you let your souls fully rejoice is the point at which how free you really are. Free from your situation. Free from your circumstances. What does the Bible say? The Bible says, I have set you free for freedom's sake. So be free. How can I be free? I just showed you how. I just told you how. Let your souls rejoice. And so she lets her souls rejoice. And then why? Well, first thing is she says in verse 48, she says, he took notice of the lowly, uh, the lowly servant girl. He took notice of a lowly ser- servant girl. And from now on, all the generations will call me blessed. Rejoice that the Lord has noticed you. I think that's wonderful that he would notice me. Some 
Joe Schmo nothing. Some little guy who ran out of school one day and took off, who was, who was not a very good student, who, who couldn't read, who was just scared to death, and someone, some guy took notice of me. How much more your God? How much more your God that takes notice of how us little ants? But he notices you, and his eyes are fully upon you. They're fully upon you. You're noticed by the Lord. Second thing is, because she starts rejoicing, not only that she was noticed, she starts rejoicing about who God is. She says, for the mighty one is holy. He has done great things for me. This is who God is. He does what? Little things? Does he do little things? Yes. Does he do mighty things? Yes, and he can do mighty things in your life. Start rejoicing that he can do mighty things. He don't do anything for me because I'm just a nobody. That's right, just like her. Lowly servant girl. God is a mighty God. Let your souls rejoice. Start meditating on who he is. Then she, then, then she says, he has shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. So who is he? He's a God that extends mercy. Now, here's the interesting point. Think about this. Mary is saying God extends mercy when she didn't do anything wrong. So, if God extends mercy to someone who doesn't do wrong, how much more does he extend mercy to someone who's in trouble? We can rejoice. We can rejoice because he extends mercy from generation to generation. And if you're in trouble today, if you're struggling, if you're in a situation and you haven't let your soul rejoice, begin to let your soul rejoice and receive that mercy that God has for you. Woo! I love that mercy. I need that mercy of the Lord. I need it. I need it for my soul. I need it because I know who I am. And I know that I've done many things wrong, but God has shown mercy on me. And I receive it. Oh. Okay. You know the situation. And I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, gonna be, I'm not going to be too much longer. Okay. How many here, and it's happened, I'll just, say, I'll just say it this way. I'll say it my way. All right. So, you know, lately people have been sending me gifts. Now, by the way, all the gifts I've received, like food gifts, they're all good. I don't like you, but I'm thankful for it. Uh, you know, because I keep getting, I keep eating them, right? But come on. <laughs> so one, 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 uh, one holiday when we were in Springfield, Missouri, we invited these people from all around the world. We had people from Nigeria, people from India, people from uh, North America, people from South America. We had people from, I mean, we, it was just like a big international dinner, right? And so... Carol was sitting next to the Indian man. You remember this, Carol? <laughs> She's sitting next to the Indian man. Now, everybody brought a potluck, right? Everybody brought something, right? I wasn't sitting next to the Indian man, and I saw what he brought. A fish preparation. It was a fish preparation. That's what it was, fish preparation. <laughs> Let me tell you, it had an odor. And it was not something that I really wanted to eat. And because I was not sitting next to him, he didn't see me not take it. Come on now, right? But Carol, sitting next to him, 
had to take it because that was his gift, right? So she had to take some and she force fed herself and ate it. It wasn't very good. Now, I hope they're not watching, but I, it's been years ago. It was years ago. It was years ago. Right? Right? But if God prepares a table of mercy for you and you don't eat it, how do you think he would feel? Like, I've given this to you. I offer you salvation. I, 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 made it, I made it from my own blood. I've done everything for you. I've put it on the table. I've cooked it up for you. It is especially for you. And you sit there and you go, I don't deserve it. <laughs> How sad will he be? Eat it. Receive it. Enjoy the mercy that God wants to give you. Can I get an amen from that? Just let the Lord be who He is and stop, oh, that's very, and this wasn't even planned, and stop being proud because that's the only reason why you won't eat. You want to you earn it. That's pride. And what does Mary say next? She says, he is, His mighty arm has done tremendous thing. He scatters the proud and the haughty, and He's brought down the princes and their thrones and exalted the humble. yes. If you have pride and you won't receive, you're going down. Don't be prideful. Humble yourself before the Lord and He will lift you up. Draw to God and He draws near to you. Let the Lord be who He is and you just come to Him and say, God, I don't deserve it, but you know what? I'm going to eat every piece of grace that you can give me because I need it. And I thank you for it because it's so good. Woo! I just get, I get excited about that. Don't let your pride get in the way of receiving because he opposes that. Then he says in, in verse 53, he says, he has filled me with, he has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. What verse is that? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be satisfied. You can hunger and thirst for God's righteousness. How do you receive God's righteousness? You eat His mercy and grace. And then, finally, because His promises remain forever, He has helped His servant Israel, remembered to be merciful, for He has made His promises to all our ancestors, to Abraham and to His children forever and ever and ever. His promises are true and they remain forever. So here's Mary with Elizabeth and God just lets her soul begin to rejoice over who he is and what he has done. Let your souls rejoice. When we say it's your breath in our lungs, we pour out our praise. How about the next time we see someone in trouble, struggling, fragile, that we let his breath that is in our lungs pour out praises and build them up and not knock them down. And let's so pour out our, 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 our eyes of faith on these people who are hurting that their soul begins to rejoice in the midst of trouble. Now, I want you to think of someone. Maybe it's a, a relative. Maybe you know someone who's in trouble. And we're going to sing this again. 
And as you breathe in, I want you to breathe in the Holy Spirit. And then I want you to find ways. I want you to let the Holy Spirit find ways to go and bless them with your words. Bless them with His words to them so that they're uplifted. Amen. Let's stand. Father, I pray right now that your Spirit would baptize our mouth with blessings and praise to all those that we come in contact with today and this week. That, Father, we would be a breath of fresh air to those that are in trouble, to a breath of, 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 of seeing God in their lives, Lord, when they can't see the Lord working. Father, that out of our mouths, that out of our hearts, that out of our attitudes, we would be a blessing and shine your light to everyone around us. I pray, Lord God, you would bless your people. Lord God, that you would keep them. You would cause your face to shine upon them. That you would be gracious to them. And Lord God, you would give them peace. I just want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. We'll see you Christmas morning, 10 o'clock. We're excited about it. God bless you. Don't forget Christmas Eve special. God bless you. Have a great day, guys.